Hello and welcome to Socially Awkward History. I'm Joe Gillard, your host and founder of the online history hub, History Hustle. This is the podcast that puts the awkward into Anglo-Saxon and the cringe into Cavalier. Every episode, we dissect and discuss some socially awkward facts from history. I am also joined by my trusty producer, Giles. Hey, Giles. Hello, Joe. How are you? I'm doing just fine. How about you? I am as British and as awkward as ever, and it's lovely to be on the show. Thank you. I'm <laughs> glad to hear it. Um, <laughs> well, we're going to jump right in and uh, talk about some history facts here. Mm. And are you ready for the first one? And Joe, can I clarify that mm-hmm. these have been fact-checked, and you're just you're not plucking them from your brain. These are real. These are real facts. Yes. Wow. These are real facts. Um, they have been fact-checked, and the fact. Checking will be done in the show notes for the listeners to uh, to investigate themselves if they'd like. So you might be awkward or really cool uh, if you have a pirate degree from MIT. Uh, to get students to complete their PE requirements, the Massachusetts Institute of Technology awards official pirate certificates to students who complete courses in archery, pistol shooting, sailing, and fencing. Yes, so you can actually become a pirate and get a certificate that says so. Uh, this is to, um, again, to help the uh, students who may be uh, not so jazzed about PE, wow. uh, their physical education, to get them to do that um, by telling them they can be a pirate. Brilliant. Uh, <laughs> I, have, I have a lot of questions, Joe. I'm Firstly, sure. Firstly, MIT is Massachusetts Institute of Technology? That's right. Okay. And it's for adults. It's like a university in Britain. Yes, yes, okay. yes. It's right. a prestigious uh, technical school. So, uh, you know, a lot of Silicon Valley types. Okay, so a lot of Steve Jobs wannabes and mm-hmm. um, Mark Zuckerberg wannabes go there. Okay, that's my first question. And they are now teaching pirate studies. <laughs> right. Well, it's probably mostly a PR move, but they, they do award an official certificate. Um, uh, but yes, you have to complete archery, pistol shooting, sailing and fencing like a pilot. Now, I think so. It's not it's not its own. It's not its own degree or it is its own no. thing. No, you can't. No. OK, that makes me feel slightly better. <laughs> so I'm just trying to think of what, if any everyday activities would you need these skills i mean in pistol shooting yeah i suppose if you were in a line at the bank and you were in a bit mm-hmm. of a rush <laughs> it might come in handy um i can't i can't comment on that yeah i know i know and i mean in america you know but in england you know it's it's just a bit of fun you know if we just you know someone just gets out a, a gun just to get you know, ahead of the line in TSB, it's all fun <laughs> right. and games. You know, that's that's part and parcel for a Sunday. Well, really. your guns only only shoot water over there, I think. Exactly, right? exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so what was it? Pist- pistol, pistol shooting, sailing, archery, and fencing. Fencing and uh, fencing again. I feel like you would get seen quicker in a bank, mm-hmm. or actually <laughs> a love triangle. I think that those are going to MIT who have learned how to fence, that is the best way to sort out a love triangle in the <laughs> 21st century is a quick fence. Exactly. And uh, and then sailing, if, if you need to sail away with your new lover. It's it's really just a, it's a Robin Hood degree, basically. Anything that yeah. Robin Hood would do. Um, yeah. And it, it, makes me, it makes me wonder, Giles, if you were awarded an honorary degree based on your life, what would it be in? 
if you did something so much, so well in your life or so horribly uh, that a university had to give you an honorary degree, what do you think it would be? Um, I think I would get an honorary degree in hair thinning because mm-hmm. my hair has been holding out pretty well for the past six years, but it is going. I mean, Aww. you can't see this, but it is going. So I think I would get a hair, some sort of hair-based degree for hanging on, you know, for just oh. hanging on in there because it's still yeah. going, you know. What about you? What about you, Joe? <laughs> uh, yeah, I would it'd probably be the same. Now, uh, I don't know, probably um, avoiding confrontation, you mean you're very good at it? Yeah, I think I think uh, I think when when you just run from confrontation, um, you're you're as good as you can possibly be. Mm. So um, I don't know. That could be good. That could be good. Not always. Uh, mm. Maybe uh, maybe an honorary degree in in being sleep deprived. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that's a that's a it's a depressing note, but a truthful one, Joe. I appreciate that. So you're a lover. You're a lover, not a fighter. You were if you mm-hmm. were at if you were in a bank. And someone got out a pistol and said, right, get out of my way. I need right. to, you know, cash this check. <laughs> right. You would, you wouldn't pull out your uh, saber. And I don't mean lightsaber. I mean, that's an old word for a sword, I think, right. isn't it? A saber. Yeah. And um, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, you're not a fighter. You're, you're a lover. You, you sort of run away. You don't like conflict. I don't know. I mean, now that you brought a sword into it, I mean, I might. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. If, if I had a sword, I mean, maybe that's what it is. Is I, I don't have a sword. Yeah, but then you're um, literally. What's the phrase? You're bringing a gun to a sword fight. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah, I've definitely. No, the other way around, you're bringing a sword to a gunfight. There you go. There you go. Um, yeah, definitely don't want to be in a bank with you ever, Giles. It, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. uh, it sounds have like you may have had some problems there. I'm I'm a very violent banker. <laughs> I I I can't even online banking. I just lose my. You know, I really. <laughs> Charles, you ready for the next fact? Joe, I could not be more ready. Okay. Do you know uh, Andrew Jackson, President Andrew Jackson? Um, have you heard of him? Um, uh, if I was pretending and wanted to show mm-hmm. off, yes, but in okay. reality, no. Okay. Um, he was. Uh, he's a president in uh, the United States of America. The best country and, uh, <laughs> ever, as we've established in previous yes. episodes. Yep. Uh, not, not, not a lot of fans. Uh, Andrew Jackson doesn't have a lot of fans these days. Um, he, he was known as kind of a, mm, he was a very coarse, he could be a very coarse individual, Mm. uh, difficult to deal with. He, at his funeral in 1845, just before the sermon, uh, Andrew Jackson's pet parrot launched into a profane tirade, cussing so loudly and for so long that people were, quote, horrified and awed at the bird's lack of reverence, and they had to remove the parrot from the scene. Oh, my God. His, at his funeral, his parrot mm-hmm. started swearing loads. This, this is true. Oh, well, how long ago was this? This was 1845. What sort of swear words would there have been then? Um, oh my gosh, I don't know. Fiddlesticks? Fiddlesticks, um, yeah, I was thinking something fiddlesticks. Something like that? Oh, that is brilliant. <laughs> Can you imagine at your funeral? Yes. It's like when people say, I oh, want this song played at my funeral. Having a parrot that <laughs> actually says what you always wanted to say, but you're dead yeah. so you don't get the consequences. It's sort of able to <laughs> tell the family members that you don't really like or, you know, have mm-hmm. a go at people. That is amazing. <laughs> It's either that or, you know, it, it was, it's never been out in public. And so once it was, it just started repeating what it heard every day um, at uh, Andrew Jackson's house, maybe. Oh. 
I see. That's so it was, kept, it was kept inside, and then when it actually got out into the public, it, it became it just, social and just started repeating stuff. Yes, fiddlesticks, fiddlesticks, fiddlesticks. Um, <laughs> let me let me ask you this: if you uh, if you had a parrot living with you, mm. what do you think it would repeat in public that might be embarrassing or otherwise? Uh, haven't had a shower in two days. Haven't had a shower in two days. Probably it would talk about my hygiene a lot. It would talk about not making the bed. It would talk right. about making my lunch. It would be quite boring stuff, I reckon. But quite as it as is the modern. I, I watch a lot of Netflix. Yeah. As do I think quite a few people. So mm-hmm. it would go through phases. I think it would go. You know, a few months ago it would have been repeating a lot of Prison Break. It would be repeating a lot of Peaky Blinders. It would have been okay. a repeating a lot of Lover, uh, Married at First Sight, you know, that right. kind of stuff. So gotcha. I think it'd be a very pop culture parrot. <laughs> so is it is it uh, is it watching your daily habits like um, lack of showering and, and just yeah. notifying people of that? Or is it yeah, something you walk around saying? Well, that's the thing. I think because domestic conversations end up happening and someone says, I mean, purely as an example, let's say, definitely not reality, my partner might say, when was the last time you had a shower? And I might go, well, I haven't showered for two days. So I think my lack of hygiene might suddenly be projected by this parrot. Um, And I'm not a dad and you're not either, but I feel like it's a similar thing with toddlers. You have to be careful because if you swear or say certain stuff, they pick up on that. They're like sponges, don't they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think that's why I didn't. I didn't swear until I was <laughs> deep into high school days. Squeaky because clean parents. Squeaky clean. Yeah. Well, no, I was the same. I didn't. I didn't swear either. <laughs> no, I'm really making up for it. I'm really making up for it. No, that's the same. Yeah, that's interesting. And then, so did they? Did they had to eject the parrot from its master's funeral, from Andrew Jackson's mm-hmm. funeral? Wow. Yes. Yes. Did you have, do you have, I don't think you do, you don't have any specific examples of what the parrot said? No, that would be great if we did. <laughs> oh, fake news, it's fake news. I don't think they were allowed to, I don't think they were allowed to print that back then, Giles. I re- really? Probably not, I don't know. Mm. I guess also the modern day equivalent that people are a bit worried about is, um, and I don't know if you have one of these, uh, well maybe it's, a, it's it is the more, yeah, literally it's the modern day equivalent, is an Alexa. Oh yeah, there you go. People always say, oh, they're listening. It's Amazon listening to us. And sometimes it repeats. And when I had an Alexa, it would say weird things in the night, you know, and sometimes pop up and say stuff. I mean, do you have one? I mean, if you had a, a parrot, what no. would it be saying? Oh, man. Um, what would it be saying? Um, it would probably capture a lot of the same annoying song being hummed or whistled over and over and over. Um <laughs> You'd probably get a lot of the uh, the Robin Hood uh, whistle stop um, from the opening of the Disney's Robin Hood, which I, I for some reason whistle that every every five minutes or so. Um, that one is it. That's the one. Yeah. Great film. <laughs> great film. Great tune. So maybe you know Alexa would hear that and start whistling that. Maybe I could I could harmonize with it or something. Mm. Parrot and parrot's pretty clever. Maybe they were the olden days version of Alexas. You know, you could, you could say, wake me yeah. up at 6.30 or, you know, remind me to buy a, a French stick tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm basing I'm, it on nothing. You're the historian. <laughs> I'm the idiot. So I'm guessing I'm guessing this parrot repeating thing is probably not the most common. Um, most, you know, this probably doesn't happen very often. I think uh, I think that's kind of a novelty, isn't it? Well, I do have a friend who had a parakeet, or maybe a parrot, I'm not sure the difference, and it could perfectly imitate the doorbell noise. Oh, really? 
Okay. Yeah, so it would do that, which, as you can imagine, is very, very annoying. <laughs> we are delighted to say that Ancient Origins is sponsoring this podcast. Ancient Origins is the world's most popular ancient history website, covering lost civilizations, odd artifacts, amazing places, and strange events in history. It brings alive the mystery and intrigue of our ancient past. Listeners to this podcast can get 20% off a premium subscription by using the code HISTORY. Okay, on with the show. Okay, this one is kind of a, a disputed account, but uh, but we're going to use it anyways because uh, because it's fun. Okay, um, as in it might not actually be true in any way. Right, right. Uh, but that's dis- awkward dis- in itself, Joe. That's socially awkward. It might not even be true, but we're going to say it exactly. is true. <laughs> Joe, are you saying that you're staking the whole of History Hustle's reputation on this being true? Yes, and my own personal reputation yeah. and your finances. Um, yes. Uh, Perfect. And my country. Yeah. Um, okay. So despite being considered one of the most brilliant geniuses that has ever lived, a disputed account says that Leonardo da Vinci's last words before dying were that he had offended God and mankind because his work did not reach the quality it should have. Wow. (laughs) That's really really critical, isn't it? That's really (laughs) sort of self-critical, self-doubting, isn't it? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Coming from Leonardo da Vinci. Yeah, I mean... I get angry when I can't make an omelette, you know, I get right. really angry and I'm do like, you? oh God, it's like, yeah, well, cause it's so easy to make an omelette, but I can't do it. So for Da Vinci <laughs> and all his amazing art and paintings and inventions, and I'm just mm-hmm. going to keep saying things that I think he did, uh, yeah. for all of that stuff that he right. did for him to doubt himself is, is amazing. Yeah. So, so you can cook an omelette. No, I can't. Okay. I mean, I don't, I, know if da Vinci I don't think I can either. Could. No, well, <laughs> we've all got that in common with Da Vinci, maybe. I don't know. I don't know if they had omelets back when he was around. Um, but yeah, but that is interesting. And I think that mm-hmm. is sort of the point of um, the podcast shows how relatable it is. You think these people back then would be so self assured, so happy mm-hmm. in themselves, and not at all. I mean, look at Van Gogh as well, not to get too serious, but he wasn't recognized until his death, was yeah. he? No, no, exactly. Um, yeah, yeah, and he was very depressed and um, and probably socially awkward. In fact, I'm pretty sure he was. Um, and so my heart goes out to him. <laughs> Is it who, who? Da Vinci or Van Gogh? Van Gogh. Uh, uh, well, definitely, definitely Van Gogh. Yeah. And um, Da Vinci. No, I'm not sure. He was no. probably. I'm imagining him as more of an extrovert. Mm. Um, so, so are you a perfectionist then, Giles, when it comes to your work? No, no, I'm not no. actually. I, I get it done. Get it done. Get it done. <laughs> yeah, I want it to look good, but I think I'm perfectionist when it comes to the wrong things, you know. So oh, okay. I'll rush probably important things and really craft and be careful <laughs> about unimportant things. You know, if 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 I you don't have these in America, we have. Uh, they're not even in much of the country, but we have brilliant. Well, they're posh, but coffee places called Pret Pret and Monje in London. And if I order a, a hot Americano and it's just an Americano and it isn't hot, then that I'm furious and I will oh, demand okay. perfection. However, in my full-time employment or, you know, when I was a student or something, oh, if the essay's not really ready, oh, I can, it can get done. So I think I'm a perfectionist about unimportant things. 
<laughs> okay. Which is yeah, which is not great, is it? Mm, well, I mean, I mean, if you, I don't know what you're in charge of, but um, but you're not in charge of you know the uh, nuclear codes or anything like I that. I specifically so. am. I am the oh. manager oh, of the United Kingdom's nuclear codes, and I, yeah, I, I just put them on a post-it note outside my office. The codes, just in case. That's that doesn't that doesn't sound wise, but I'm going to trust your judgment. Uh, I'm sure what about you, Joe? Are you are you a perfectionist? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think in some ways, uh, I I I I am. Uh, I definitely obsess over wanting things to be uh, really good if I'm if I'm doing them because you only get one shot, you know. And a lot of times to do something, and um, but you know what? It's it's not always the best way to be. You got to find a balance because you can mm. go. And, and be a perfectionist and uh, overthink everything to the point where it's no longer effective. And mm. yeah, got to draw the line. Mm. I think. I wonder if that bring it back to Da Vinci. I wonder if that is the thing that that drives these RT artists and artistic mm-hmm. people because they just oh, they're not they're never quite satisfied and that right. they never feel like they've actually completed what they've wanted to complete they 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 do one more one more one more isn't it it's quite like it's quite yeah. like an addiction thing one more one more yeah mm. it's either that or it's just coming from a, a, a really wealthy family and having having a lot of time right is that actually <laughs> it did da vinci come from a very wealthy family i believe so um oh, okay well i think you have to be uh to, to even show up in the history books yeah, well, that's yeah. Well, that's true. You, you didn't exactly have uh, toothless um, peasants painting <laughs> the Sistine Chapel, did you? And if you did, you'd be like, "Get out of here, toothless peasants! What are you doing?" Well, yeah. Well, they probably painted it. They just didn't get credit for it. Do you think? Do you think there were toothless peasants <laughs> that did some painting? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think it's possible, but no, no. We can well, we can safely assume. The Any descendants the of these toothless uh, peasants, you know, right. you can always email Joe, can't you? Uh, have you got an email address to email History Hustle? Absolutely, yeah. It's uh, it's really original. It's info at historyhustle.com. <laughs> Final fact here, Giles. Uh, this is actually a Renaissance life tip. Okay. It's from 1530. Uh, and what, from where does it come from? I don't, come on, fake Mr. Fake News. What, what do you mean uh, a life tip? Was it put on Facebook? It's a life tip. I'm calling it a life tip. Uh, okay. It came from a book called The Rules of Dancing. Yes, I've read it cover to cover. Have you? Oh, yeah, of yeah. course. I... I mean, that's required reading by Antonius Arena um, in, uh, yeah, in the 16th century. Okay. And this is what he says about dancing. When you fall, pick mm. yourself up quickly and go back to finishing the dance energetically. <laughs> and if you don't get up... You will not be able to fall any further because there's nowhere to fall for one who is lying on the floor. Wow. I think it's deep. good advice. Yeah. That, that is ex- almost exactly the same advice as if, you know, you pick yourself up from your falls. It's not how you fall, it's how you pick yourself up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, enthusiastic. I mean, that's in Batman Begins. That's in Batman <laughs> Begins. No, I mean, that, that quote is so... It was based from this guy. That's so interesting. Read, yeah. read one more time, please, Mr. History Hustle Joe Gillard. Sure. When you fall, pick yourself yeah. up quickly and go back to finishing the dance energetically. And if you don't get up, you will not be able to fall any further. There's nowhere to fall for one who is lying on the floor. Wow. So how would you describe your dancing ability? Now, before uh, I answer your question about my dancing, that's an interesting quote because it's two things. It's like, hey... Just get up and keep going. But also, if you don't get up, 
then you can't fall any further. So it's like yeah. a double double piece of advice there. It's not it's not yeah. one or the other, is it? It's a very glass half full. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. There's nowhere yeah. to go once you've hit the bottom. Right. I really, I really like the word uh, energetically. I think that's very funny. Mm. I, th- I like the image of you've danced so hard you've fallen over. So quickly <laughs> get up and dance harder. Just, just keep going. <laughs> I think that's very funny. Or yes. it is also the equivalent, the 16th century equivalent of style it out. Just if you've fallen over, <laughs> style it out. There you know, you maybe maybe do the worm out there. You know, worm right. it out the door. You know, I think it's a precursor to you know like a, a Pharrell song or something. Yeah, for sure. Right. I mean, in the 16th century, what sort of dancing was it? What sort of dancing was it? Was it like Bridgerton style dancing? Yeah, I'm I'm, um, an, I'm, I'm a British idiot. I, I can't. You're the history expert, Joe. You know, that's a good question. I I, I don't I don't know. I don't know. Um, I'm, it would have picturing... been. In, it wouldn't have been like dancing how we dance, would it? You know, like on a dance floor it would have been with the opposite sex well here's the way i i think uh and okay. i don't know the answer to that but if you're falling down frequently enough for to include this in a book they're probably flailing around quite a bit um <laughs> uh, they're probably you know drinking a lot i'm picturing mm. somewhere in italy where mm-hmm. everybody is happy because all of a sudden you know there's a rebirth of art and culture and um you know everybody's partying it up Okay. And yeah, drinking wine and uh, falling and uh, getting up enthusiastically. I don't think this is a Bridgerton style thing. I think this okay. is, um, uh, but but I could be wrong. Oh, so it's like more. Okay, okay. So it's more like you you're a toothless peasant and you've just right. spent the day painting the Sistine Chapel and you're just <laughs> on a party. It's that kind exactly. of vibe. Right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, to answer your question, I would. I would describe it as a as a toothless peasant. I would even go so <laughs> as far as to say a toothless hag. I would say, you know, it is it is very armsy and flailing, mm-hmm. and I right. think that I would fall over a lot, um, and I would just get up more energetically. I agree with this advice. I mean, what mm-hmm. about you, Joe? I mean, we're two white men. I think rhythm right. is not in our bodies. Uh, particularly, I think <laughs> um, the biggest fault for all our faults as white men, dancing has to be near the top. I mean, right. Empire's pretty bad, but I'd say dancing's probably on par with Empire. <laughs> Combine those two, and then you really got something. Oof, you got something. With me, you know, dancing, I'd say, is kind of like, like karaoke. I'm a, I'm a pretty laid-back uh, guy, but get a couple drinks in me, and I am flailing around on the dance floor, um, uh, you know, feeling like I'm Usher and looking like I'm Carlton. Okay. Uh, if that makes any sense. It does. It does. Except Carlton, actually, you know, he's probably... He, he has got moves, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, dancing, you were, I mean, it's, it, it, you should enjoy dancing. It should be about having fun. But, yeah. um, but you know, <laughs> uh, you know, if you ever are dancing in a club or something and you notice somebody, somebody filming you, um, not to say that that's ever happened to me, but... Uh, <laughs> that might have um that could be a good thing or a bad thing right and you'll never know um you yeah. could be um <laughs> so what so what what's the equivalent of in the 16th century if there's a portrait artist who starts suddenly um sketching your dancing your that's a bad that's a bad sign yeah or good you know it's either like <laughs> wow you know yeah. look at this this is the pinnacle of dancing or um yes here's something i want to mock and uh, laugh at with my friends 
How quickly, Mr. Founder of History Hustle, who knows everything, how quickly in the 16th century could they do a sketch drawing? I mean, could you could you do one within a couple of minutes of someone's bad dancing? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I bet I bet it's uh, you know anyone doing that has probably been through a lot of training and schooling and can pro- and has probably had the time to mm-hmm. do a lot of practicing. I bet they would do a very uh, a very fast sketch would be my guess. Mm. But I don't like, know. Like- they're like the modern day equivalent of paparazzi. That if mm-hmm. if Da Vinci, keeping him going, was coming out of a nightclub, they'd have they would <laughs> they would have paparazzi. Yeah. They'd have sketch yeah. sketch artists outside. They would who It'd are be... all clamoring to try and <laughs> sketch him the quickest. Exactly, like a like a courtroom uh, sketch artist, right? Yeah, trying to capture yeah. a moment. <laughs> So right before we finish, there's just some time to go through some medieval jobs. These medieval jobs have been submitted on the History Hustle Facebook page where we asked fans to describe their modern day jobs as though they're from olden times. So are you ready, Giles, to guess what these jobs actually are in modern times described in medieval terms? I am so ready. I'm as ready as a toothless peasant. (laughs) Okay. Um... Well, we know what your job would have been. Um, this is from Teddy. Uh, he says, Hi, Teddy. He says, Teddy says, I am a priest without the religion. <laughs> uh, what? A, a priest without a religion? In a modern day job, you're a vicar, but you're, you haven't got a religion. So you're like a therapist. A therapist? Yeah. Yeah, he's a psychologist. So um, we'll give you that one. Amazing. Nice, nice one, Teddy. Good job. Yeah. Good work, Giles. Uh, this Thank one's from, from Lee. I give. Hey, Lee. I give jovial and serious addresses to commoners and kings alike. Uh, stand-up comic. Ooh, a professional nope. speaker. So oh, yes and no. A, it's not a job, is it? Come on. Like, <laughs> but no, what is that? A professional speaker? I don't know. What, I mean... You, would, you pay for famous people to do a talk, but you don't pay for non-famous people to do a talk. What does that mean? Well, some people go to conferences, you know, and they get paid a, a big sum of money to give a keynote address or something like that. And if you do enough yeah, of them... Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. Good oh, job, Lee. Lee. Lee, Lee no, really hit the lottery so. Bad there. job, Lee. Bad job. <laughs> we'll have to have Lee on to give some speeches for us. Um, this one is from Delcy. Delcy. Uh, she says she is Robin Hood. Uh, Good luck with this. I, I I don't know how. This could be a lot of things. She is Robin Hood. Okay, so I think Delcy... In terms of modern days, I think Delcy lives with 10 men in the woods and wears tights and robs banks, probably with a pistol to bring in our earlier point. <laughs> Am I close? No, you basically, you just, you described oh. Robin Hood. So yeah, I, I got, I got that completely wrong, <laughs> didn't I? Well, no, let me have another go. Let me have another go. Uh, modern, a modern day Robin Hood. If you steal from the rich and give to the poor, your, she's a criminal. She's a criminal. That's her job. <laughs> she says she works in healthcare philanthropy. <laughs> I'm not describing that as Robin Hood. That's okay. it's a down. It's a thumbs down for okay. me. <laughs> um, well, how about this one then? This is from okay. Karen. Hi, Karen. Do you she, also do you have mm-hmm. the meme, the Karen meme in America? Do you know what that is? Oh yeah. If someone's being oh, a bit definitely. of a Karen. Definitely. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, well, let's see if Karen is being a bit of a Karen. Um. Karen is a writer of stories to help other people sell their wares. She sort of works for a magazine or like an advertising? Yeah, she's in marketing. Oh, nice one, Karen. (laughs) 
Well, that's all we've got time for on this week's episode of Socially Awkward History. Thank you to our sponsors, Ancient Origins. You can find out more about them and get 20% off a subscription by clicking the link below in the show notes. If you enjoyed the show, please do follow or subscribe and leave a review as well as a five-star rating. It really helps other people discover us. You can find out more about History Hustle on social media as well as historyhustle.com. This podcast was produced by Giddy Ant Comedy and edited by Phil Atkins. Most importantly, thank you to you for listening. We really do appreciate it. Until next time, stay awkward. Stay awkward.